At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shotgun snap. He's back. Throws the pass. On the near sideline, a toe dance by George Pickens. Pick it to Pickens. I couldn't wait to say that. <laughs> Four-man rush. Throws that pass down the field. Back shoulder fade. Chase. That is... George Pickens, it's another picket to Pickens play on the far sideline to the 31 and a first down for Pittsburgh on third and three. The beautiful thing about it was you saw finally when the targets rise and the they connect. I mean, th- this young man, again, that promise that we saw in, in preseason and training camp, all those things, you can see it building and the fact that that one you were talking about along the sideline when he had his toes just stretched out el maxo you know on a back shoulder throw i'm telling you what that was really something special this young man again makes me sit up and go hmm ha myron was here well i mean and i think that 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 was one of the the things we we've been expecting we've been expecting george pickens to make the impossible possible to make the extraordinary ordinary and he's now delivered in two games just those crazy wide receivers body balance type skill plays that he does i mean to go dead leg on the sidelines you know i was sitting there i was i was right along that sideline when he mm-hmm. did it and i'm watching the ball in the air i'm looking at where where george is i'm looking at the ball in the air i'm like he's run out of real estate um cuz he kind of got he kind of got pushed along the line by the defensive back, and then, boom, he makes that catch. You're like, oh, my gosh, this dude is special with a capital S. And let's face it, he's running these routes, he's beating the guys, but even when he's not beating the guys, he's still beating the guys. Yes. Because you can make the throw into the tight window and expect him to catch it, especially when you're talking about the sideline plays. It's just it's tremendous how he strung them together. And – and I was at, I, I was really I was really happy, over a hundred yards receiving on the day, and you know he I think he I want to say he finished with what six catches yep eight on targets. eight targets yes 
for 102? 102, buddy. Not, boom. Look at that guy. You're, Look you're at that. Didn't you have to pull the sheet out today? No, I got the um, sheet out. <laughs> okay, you do. But you're my yeah. fact checker now. Yes, you're my I, fact I'm checker your to fact make sure I'm checker, right. Um, which is really, that's unnerving if you would really. I mean, you know. No, no, because you have the sheet, Wolf. It's not unnerving if you have the sheet, and you said you had the sheet. You can't. So therefore, you don't it know is all positivity. <laughs> Statistics in me, we so, have issues, but I love to quote them anyhow. Let me throw this out yeah, at you. Yeah, no, you got to. All right, so you got you got yourself, uh, uh, Mr. Pickens. Uh, he's doing a great job. He has over 100 yards, 102 to be exact. But the average, this is what I'm I'm excited about. 17 a pop. You know the long one. Uh, 27 yards. Okay, we're starting to see something happen downfield a little bit more. And the more opportunities that you have to be able to hook up with this, you know, that's one of the things I think is is, is kind of neat with Kenny. You take a look at Mitch. Mitch was, you know, high, putting a lot of targets towards Deontay. Well, Kenny comes along, and it's kind of like rookie and rookie there, you know, and they're connecting up. And it's a um, – obviously, it's a good thing because – you know, Pickens is is fully capable of extending those those big catches and making them even more. What I thought Chase would do, but Kenny or George is going to be the guy that seems to be the one that can make the big plays. Yeah, no, it's definitely coming to fruition that I mean, the role that we think we had for Chase is now changing. Yeah, right. Yep. He he's no longer. That X guy, like you said, he's played a whole heck of a lot in the slot um, to give way to either the ISOs, which when we say ISOs, meaning one-on-one on, one on the uh, on one side of the ball, meaning mm-hmm. it's just one receiver. There's not there's not a tight end. There's no running back. There's no slot guy. They're the ISO guy. They're the, they're the single guy on the back side, and then to the front side you have a mix, right? Especially in our eleven personnel. You know, you have a slot, you have an outside receiver, and Dante's Deontay's been playing more of the outside receiver than Chase has, and Chase has been in the middle in the kind of the scrum playing a, you know, like a detached um, tight end mm-hmm. in a lot of intents and purposes. But, you know, the guys on the outsider have, have more wins than Chase Claypool because Chase was targeted yesterday two times and two times did not come up with the ball. Right. And so in order to develop a rapport – you got to feel good about that connection. You try and get the easy pitch and throw out there to get the quarterback warmed up, but then it's like, okay, if I'm going to scan, I'm going to scan towards the guy that I know and the guy that I feel closer to and a little bit better to, and that's what led to George getting the opportunity um, over Deontay, over uh, over uh, Claypool as well. But, uh, you know, the target share was not that different between Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens. Both of these young guys, both are guys that, you know, when you're thinking about how are we moving as an offense, it, yeah, those two guys are the, are the aerial assassins along with Deontay Johnson. Well, there's no question about it. You know, I, and I like the fact that they, they still use Chase on some of the uh, jet motion. They'll use him to wham even. You know, he's a big guy. He's 6'4", what, nearly 240. Um, you know, yeah. he's obviously one of those guys that, you know, can uh, be used physically in a lot of situations. So hopefully that, you know, his role can grow more. But right now, I think you've got to – it's Friar Muth and Pickens. And you've got to – you're going to have to key on them uh, coming up because those are the guys that are are making the plays. Yeah, they're, they're, they're making the big-time plays. They're making the long plays downfield. Uh, you know, 
have we still gotten the explosive yet? No, we haven't gotten to no. that yet. Um, you know, but we're working towards that um, because I think what the longest well, wait a minute now. pass play was was George Pat. What? Yeah, right, well, we do have Pickens at twenty seven, and Pat Fryermuth yeah, at twenty four. Uh, we also had uh, in in rushing, we got Najee Harris with sixteen, and Jalen Warren with a fourteen yarder. So, I mean, it, things are picking up there as far as getting a little more explosive plays. You know, they're not the 20-yarders yeah. that, uh, you know, you'd like to see them accomplish on the runs, but at least they're picking up. And, and we have Najee, what, he was averaging 4.1 a carry, and, and Jalen was 6.0. Yeah. Um, okay, it's, it's, it's moving. <laughs> and it's grindingly slow, but they're starting to get some results in the rushing, uh, rushing attack. They are, but remember what the definition of an explosive play is, Wolf. I know, I know, twenty or forty, yeah, right? I know, I know, I know, I know. You got the rose-colored <laughs> lenses on, and, and we're trying to find the silver linings there. We have to, but man. Well, the, let me put it this: just we so we, you know, you got to because if we are both have been in these situations, and you've got to hang on to that hope because if you lose that hope, I mean, you're talking about. A, a slide like Cleveland used to experience over the 18 years, you know, with when when Ben was kicking the snot out of him every year, you know Terrorizing. what I mean? Terrorizing, yes. Terrorizing is a good yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, you, you you can't do that. And I, I right now you just feel like the, there's a little like um, you know the, the the struggle is real right now. Yeah, well, and, and, and I'm not trying to put it down like in a negative sense. But like you said, there is promise. But like you said, it, it's it's disappointingly slow right. in the process. But this is the incremental progress that we're talking about when we're saying the offense isn't the problem. But at the same time, you still recognize there's still more to accomplish. There's still more to go. And you haven't hit your ceiling yet. No. You know, you, you, you are still on the rise and when we do arrive, it will be those explosive plays. Like you said, the 16 turns to 22. The 14 turns to 20. The 27 turns to 40. Yeah. The 24 turns to 45. That, that's, that, that's all I'm trying to point out is that there's still more meat on the bone. There's still a lot more left to accomplish. And, yes, the distance is good, but what about that yak? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that, like that's what I'm thinking about when I, when I'm making my comments is because, you know, they have to understand that this is not good enough, and it was not good enough on Sunday, so it must get better. You must lock in the screws and get everybody on the same page. You know, it's funny because I go back to the first quarter on a second and four from the 42 in the opening drive the Steelers had. I, I think about I, I was watching Mitch Trubisky about 3:30 in the morning there. Ugh. All right, so I'm watching Mitch throw an incomplete pass deep right to George Pickens on that opening drive, and I think to myself, you know, because he launched that. I mean, Mitch, say what you want. He's got a, he's got a great arm. You know, he launched that baby, I don't know, 50 yards in the air, and it dropped in there, and it had, had Pickens made that grab then and there, I wonder, you wonder what the butterfly effect would be. Do you know what I mean? One of yeah. those big plays that you just come out and you smoke it from the beginning – and all of a sudden, things start to fall in place for you. Um, those are those. I mean, those are real. Those I, I've seen that happen. 
You know, and it, it's just one of those maddening things that you think you're this close. It was that close with a catch. All he needed was to be able to bring that baby in. And, and could things have been different? I don't know. It's I find it interesting to think about. Uh, it's probably not of high value, but, you know, we're, we're doing a radio show. So you got to have something, right? <coughs> you're absolutely right. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Wrong pipe. Yep. Who's got um, don't don't get Heimlich. No, no, no. Uh, well, I, 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 there's nobody too Heimlich. Uh, <laughs> wife is on kid drop-off duty. Oh, okay. um, that's all right. I'm, I'm pulling Chris Farley. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. All right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, what can be? And it's like we're so close. We're so close, Wolf. It's there. It's it, just. It it's right there. It's at the fingertips of grasping it. And, you know, let's just face it. What you have on the horizon, you hope that the, that those close calls become real calls. They become a play that's made inbounds. You know, the play that right. is done. Like, like the one thing, like to point to a defensive bright spot, when Minka went to the sidelines when Zach Wilson was, was, was quote, unquote, trying to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And remember, he tried to keep his feet in. He tried to pull a George Pickens mm-hmm. and keep the toes in bounds and catch that ball out of bounds. Yeah. Just couldn't keep that right foot attached. He lifted up a little bit when he went to outstretch. But I mean, that's it. It's like it's right there. The defense, I mean, you know, to have the turnovers that they had, think of that one. I was standing, I was standing at the spot on the sideline version of the Cam Sutton interception, mm-hmm. right? Where he tried to drop it into the zone, right. but there was there was three of his own guys and also two of our own guys in the same area, and it literally went in the middle of space and Cam, Cam pulled it out like like an outfielder, right on on a deep shot. Yes, um, it was it was a beautiful thing to watch, and then of course the run back to set up that field position, I thought was just tremendous, but we got to have more of it and we got to have the consistency. You can't have those great interceptions but also get gashed on the last drive, right? First down after first down conversion, milking clock, getting it all done. Um, that's where that's where it's a little frustrating and troubling is that, like you said, you said this at the beginning of the show, it's frustrating when the defense can't hold a lead late in the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredibly difficult to accept. And it, that's the problem. And really – you know what? Maybe we'll save this when we come back because we got to talk a little bit more about it defensively. It's like you said, offense isn't the problem, but the offense has problems. You know, the defense yeah. folding late has prob- has has been more of a constant theme uh, than I'd certainly like to be talking about. You know, I mean, you look at this defense and you think about the Miles Jacks, the Cam Haywards, the you know the people that uh, Alex Highsmith, yeah, the Minkas. Uh, Cam Sutton again. Cam Sutton made such a great play. You, I'm glad you brought that up because he came off his coverage. I watched it last night, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of the night. Um, but he came off his play, off his coverage, and, and just st- stayed high on his cover. And what a, a great job of just fielding that ball, you know. And again, um, there's there's so much there for this defense to be able to do, but. The, the inexplicable thing is how they lose in the seams and in the middle of the field. It seems that that's the difficult part for them to cover. So, Well, and in a zone, that, that's the toughest area where you have to have rock-solid communication, and that's yeah. where Trey Norwood versus Terrell Edmonds comes in in that situation. 
But you're right, Wolf. Let's let's step aside so we can focus on it further after the break. Sounds good. Which one of us is doing it? Okay. All I'm right, good. I'll do it. You do hey, it because hey, you I'll got do the it. notes. You got the notes. I do have the notes. All right. Um, hey, want to hear about last week's game and also a preview of this week's game? Tune in to Steelers Weekend Review with our very own ninja himself, <laughs> Wesley Euler. It drops every Tuesday. And so, guess what? You're a day early. You subscribe. So, when it does drop, it goes right into your podcast queue so that you can listen to it tomorrow. And if you want to listen to any other podcast, you can get on Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, or anywhere else where you podcast. You are in the locker room here with Wolf Starks, Ninjas, and Stats here on ESPN Radio and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's back. Pocket collapses. He throws the pass. It's intercepted on the tip with a marker down. Make it to the 10 to 5. And he's run out of bounds inside the 10-yard line. But a marker down on the play. That's a touchdown. He is into the end zone for a touchdown. Let's see why the flag. Offensive pass interference. Deep offense number 17. That penalty is declined. The result of the play is an interception by the defense and a touchdown. Stepped out of bounds at the four-yard line. It's first down and goal at the four-yard line, Pittsburgh. Boo! <laughs> Boo you, Mr. Ref. But, no, I mean, you know, Minka had a great play there. Second drive for the New York Jets. Um in the third quarter. I just want to talk about that, Wolf, when we're talking about the good. Defensively, you come off the half off of the 59-yarder from Chris Boswell. Right. First series for the Jets. What do you do? Three and out. One yard, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, punt. And then, of course, thus begins the Kenny Pickett era. Um, Kenny Pickett does a great job. They go four straight runs (laughs) in his first debut it was like okay we're gonna run this and we're gonna run this and then of course kp dives in but then you know the jets then get their very own interception off of the chase clay pool tip um to halt that drive and then of course the very second drive of that off the sudden change the defense holds again and holds in a big way because you then re-intercept the ball back in your favor. And, of course, Minka, you know, gets the ball back to the four. And then, of course, the very next time we score on a four yards, it takes all three plays. But Kenny Pickett, that was that first rushing down that we prefaced in the first hour of the show, Wolf. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at that and I'm just like, man, that is – that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool the way that happened. And you felt the, the the tide shift after that. And the defense, like you said, they did the job early on in the second half. And it gave us positions where we had to take advantage. And we did in one of those two situations. And you started to see things kind of click. Mojo was churning. 
Right. You know, swag, it was swagalicious um, <laughs> in the stadium as everybody's twirling the terrible towels. Right. But um, but th- that's the moments. Like, you hear these moments and you get so excited, but then you realize on the back end, like, okay, it's great. Once again, we, we, we've progressed, Wolf. And here's how I'm going to put this. We had a lead going into halftime in Cleveland. We played a good half of football. We scored 14 points. This game... We held steady, only scored six at the half, but then early on third quarter, we take the lead. Um, those were the moments where you're talking about, okay, we've gotten to a good half of football. Now we've seen one where we could play three quarters of good football, but the bugaboo is still the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is still eludes us. It still stymies us and unfortunate circumstances, but defensively, that's exactly what you want. Now, now, great. We had a lot of guys go down on defense yesterday, Wolf. You know, when you're doing the after-action report, you think about Cam Hayward going going down not once but twice in that game and right. wheeling himself back into play. Terrell Edmonds takes the concussion on the sidelines. Friendly, friendly, friendly mosh pit, right? Right. And then, of course, Minka dealing with whatever he was dealing with. And still going, Minka, you could tell, was was visibly a little bit sore and hurt um, physically. But, you know, I think the big one is, when you're looking at it, is how's Cam's health? How's he going to feel this week? You know, coming in, you know, had the elbow, and then whatever lower leg extremity they were looking at for the second one um, that caused him just to come out the game for just a short bit of time, and then obviously reinserted himself back in the game. But that's where it is. It, it's the defensive plays and the offensive advantage off of said defensive plays is where we're still kind of a little slow. Now, you know, the Minka pick, pick nearly six, I'm going to call it, um, put, the, put the Steelers in a very advantageous position to score. Like you knew a touchdown was imminent at some point, and we also knew this was going to be four-down territory if we did not get it in, but we did. And I was so excited about that because I was like, boom, okay, we're back in, we're back in it. Mink has given us the play that we need, the spark to get us back on track. And that's exactly what it was. It was a spark. The problem is some wind came in from a jet stream and blew it away. <laughs> oh, I like that. Ah. Yeah. Oh, that's See what I bad. did there? Yeah. That's nice. Nice. You know, here's the thing about it. Again, you talk about the defense, and there were some good things they did. Alex Highsmith, he got another sack. He leads the NFL, five and a half. The bummer, that's the good. The bad was he whiffed on two other times, which I know he – I got to believe he was up half the night just thinking about that. That would drive me nuts, you know, because he was – he, again, had a a, couple good rushes, and he was right there. And Zach Wilson, again, with that mobility thing, it's difficult. You know, you get a guy that's crafty like that, a guy that can move and run and everything, and even though he's not been facing live pass rushes, and Zach was everything that we, we talked about ahead of time, the fact that he was rusty, you know, he, the fact that he wasn't, even when he was playing last year, he wasn't completing a high percentage of plays and so forth. He was nine TDs, and he was underwater in his TD to, you know, interception ratio, all those things, but he could still run and have mobility, and that really was something that, uh, you know, kind of prevented him from taking a real shellacking there early on. And it uh, he, he worked his way out of a couple of bad situations there. So you have to give him some 
credit there. But it's again, then the the bad and then you know the is the interceptions and so forth. But the ugly was the fourth quarter when uh, you know again they were able to take the ball and they were possess it, starting with what uh, three and a half minutes or so, and they were able to possess it and take it all the way down and then uh, score. And that was that that's tough to take. You know, and I know defensively speaking, there's a lot of pride in that room. There's a lot of pride in that locker room about how they can defensively withstand, uh, you know, uh, late in the game and, and so forth. And you know as well as I do, those guys are such great competitors, uh, always have been, but they're not getting the production that they need. And, again, it's becoming this this thing where and you, when you go to the fourth quarter, it's kind of like you're wondering, can the defense hold up, you know, Uh We've yeah. had four games in a row now where they have not. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. The Jets took the ball at the 334 mark and marched it. And, and I mean, here's the here's the play sequence if if you need a uh, little refresher here, Wolf. Um, <laughs> first play, short to the middle to Corey Davis to for 15 yards. Right. Next play, Brees Hall, tackle for minus two. Next play. Brees Hall for six yards. Two-minute warning happens. Zach Wilson, play for eight yards to Tyler Conklin, <clears throat> which, by the way, um, that was also one of those tough things. The tight ends have been feasting on us the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Tyler Conklin had another solid game. Remember David Njoku yep. before that? Um, and that was so, a third and six. You can get off the field there, man. Yeah. Yeah, you you could have got you could have gotten that one, and then after that, um, you had Garrett Wilson for the five yarder. Then of course there was the illegal block above the waist um, play by Corey Jet uh, that that was on Corey Davis. Um, then next play, your first and twenty. Do you hear me? First and twenty. Michael Carter, eleven yards down the sideline. Killer. Then then. The deep right to Corey for 17 yards, the very next play. Then a rush by Michael Carter for five yards. Then Michael Carter for one yard, defensive holding um, that they called on Tyson. Right. Then moved it up. And then Brees Hall, seven yards, gets it down short to the one-yard line. And then, of course, Brees Hall punches it in. Right. Uh, for one yard, and that was the whole fumble, did he fumble, long review, review. Right. Finally came out, it was a touchdown and not another not another play. And that now gives you three minutes and 18 seconds on that drive, which then, of course, gave us 16 seconds uh, at the end of the game, and that's when they finally took the final lead of the game to win it. Exactly so. And, you know, it, it to me, that whole drive was the ugly. That's when yeah. it got ugly. I mean, again, you know, we go back to Cincinnati, and you go back to two seconds left in the fourth quarter, and they score a touchdown. The defense couldn't hold. You know, and I'm not putting this squarely all on the defense because you know as well as I do, offense helps the defense, defense helps the offense. You know, it's like carrying a log. You know, you got two arms full, right? The left arm, right arm. You can't carry one arm. So you, everybody's got to be in on it. And the fact is, you know, the offense has to be able to – I'll possess the ball at certain critical stages of the game to take the pressure off the defense, and they have not been exactly helpful in in certain areas in that either. So it's really, 
one of those things, as Chuck Noll always used to say, you know, teamwork is not 50-50. Sometimes it's 60-40, uh, Well, I'll go with 75-25. See, I'm reaching. There, there you go, right? You are. You are reaching. <laughs> I was like, how far is he going to go? 80-20, 90-10, 100-0? I didn't know. I'm just showing my math skills. You know what I mean? But yeah, exactly. The, it all equals a hundred. Yeah, there you go. But that whole drive down the, the the back end, this is this is becoming a commonplace situation where they've really got to be able to develop some sort of idea of understanding why things are breaking down at that point in time. I know it's Cam talks about it. You know, it's the details of the work. It's knowing who's got leverage on who, who's got coverage on who, who's got this gap, who's got that gap. Are you running to the ball all the time and you know, it's one of those things where I know that they, they're moving people in and out and creating different packages and combos of player, trying to maintain guys at, at high efficiency and, and uh, you know, being able to, uh, you know, come back with a lot of juice. And one of the guys that I really like that I've seen in spot duty that I think is really doing some good things, just some good things, is DeMarvin Leal. You know, the fact that they play him sometimes as stand-up kind of elephant end, such as used to play Charles Haley back in the day. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, uh, I, and I think that's something that needs to be explored more. That's a big guy at 305 pounds standing up there uh, doing some stuff, and he can be a wrecking ball. Yeah, he can be, and I think he, he, he will be. And, you know, I, I really like some of the things that he is just showing because it was just really nice, when you're t- especially when you're talking about – you know some of the four down stuff that we that that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, right? The void of T.J. Watt being out, right? Um, and needing that guy to play the end. You see, Debarvin Leal play the stand up end as well as a three point stance defensive end opposite Alex Highsmith, and I thought it it, it it's been looking good. It's been looking good, and and it's it, and as he just continues to develop into an NFL player, the more reps that you get, the better you are, the more efficient it's going to, it's going to pay dividends later in the year. Um, because once you have a healthy complement of guys and, and you know that DeMarvin Leal's played um, outside positioning, now you can run a little bit more of that invert stuff. You know, you bring Alex right. Highsmith to TJ Watt on the inside and you put Cam and DeMarvin Leal or, you know, DeMarvin Leal and, and um, Larry Joby or Cam and Larry, like you start to you start to be you figure into the equation of defensive schemes about getting you more opportunities on the field to win, and he's showing that he can win, but he's still a rookie. You know what I'm saying at the same time. So I just I really love it. I, I'm really enjoying it, um, watching those moments. But like you said, I need it to pay off late in games. I need it to come live in the fourth quarter. I love it the first three quarters because you're containing teams, but I need to figure out a new dimension for the fourth quarter, that fourth dimension, so to speak. Absolutely. All right. We're going to uh, take a break here. We come back. I'm going to share with you a statistic that looks a little hopeful to me. We got some hope coming right back here, SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shotgun snap. He's back. Big rush. Over the middle. Fire move. Down inside the five. First and goal 
at the two-yard line. He was cartwheeled short of the goal line. The beautiful thing, I thought, stood out in the second half. And it's a little simplistic, but look, you got to start somewhere. And it was on the third downs. You know, there were first, there were one of six in, uh, in first downs in the first half, but there were five of six in the second half. And especially so, it was prevalent at the 5.07 mark of the third quarter as Kenny took over, and you had six first downs, including three first downs in a row. And you were three for three on, the, uh, on third downs. I mean, that's moving the ball. That's the way to go. I love the fact that you're getting a lot of wins on first downs, and that was really when the offense was pumping. In you know when that drive went into the fourth quarter, and eventually they scored and made it twenty to ten, Pittsburgh. And I really thought at that point in time they had all the momentum, they had all the juice, all the mojo was flowing in the stadium, and you got all that feel good stuff going on. And it was just unfortunate that you could not put a stop to the comeback by the New York Jets. Yeah, applying a tourniquet to the bleeding in the fourth quarter. Yep. But but you know what? You're right. I mean, that was what we're talking about needing a spark. That's a spark right there. Third down efficiency is a spark um, to go and finish the game at 50% when going into the half, it was uh, pretty low. Yes. Um, and like you said, finishing that off five or six in the second half, and, of course, a beautiful play by Pat Fryer moved to get them down to the two, which then led to the second rushing touchdown to Kenny Pickett. Those were the moments. Those were the things. The offense put the points on the board to give the defense a chance. And Pat Fryermuth had a heck of a day. He had a beautiful day down the middle. I mean, just taking advantage of, of some mismatches and Kenny identifying those and rifling the ball in there. And like you said, George Pickett's coming alive in that second half. I mean, this was these were the young stars with the young QB that were shining in these moments. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, I look at this, and we are where we are now. Okay, we're oh what oh seven and oh without TJ in the lineup. Is that? I, I think I got that right. It was oh yeah, I I got to hear. No, it was oh. no, it was oh and seven before the Cleveland game. So we're oh uh, and nine. Well, either either way, oh seven oh eight. We haven't won a game we're since not, TJ's been out. Okay, okay? there you go. When TJ's let's just put out, it that way. Let's just leave we'll it there. stop with the numbers for now. Okay, we'll stop with the numbers for now. But no, yeah, it, so. You got to get a win somewhere with TJ not in the lot. You don't want it to be a stigma that we could only win when 90s in the game. You have to be. We, there's too much talent defensively. Yes. To have this occur. To depend and solely I, on that. To depend solely on one guy. Yeah. Because I feel like Cam has been that physical leader, right? I mean, Cam has Absolutely. made tremendous plays, and Mink has made tremendous plays. Miles Jack has made big plays consistently, and it's just like, but it's all 11. All 11 have to be screwed into the game. Cam Sutton's made plays for this team. Terrell Evans has made plays for this team. Akello Witherspoon, who was not there, has made plays for this team. Levi Wallace has made plays everybody's contributed plays but they're just they're disjointed right it's never in succession and it's never complete and crunch time like you said 
I read I read in that drive summary um, in the last segment, there is a negative two r- yard run in there that mm-hmm. they stuffed absolutely stuffed Brees Hall, but then you can't let <coughs> Michael Carter streak down the side, right. you know, to get seven yards back to now make it third and manageable. You can't give up the eight yard pass to the tight end Tyler Conklin. You know, on another third, like you can't give up these plays. It can't be rock solid first and second down, and then give up on third down. Yeah, that's the whole point that they want. That they 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 take advantage and they feast, and you give them hope every time you, they convert a third down. Does it bother you at all that in thinking about a Cam Hayward? You know, he's a senior citizen in football years, but he's a little bit banged up this early in the season. You know, we saw him like you talked about went down twice. The elbow. I'm not worried about Cam. I mean, the fighting spirit of Cam is just limitless. The guy's just an amazing performer, an amazing guy. It does worry me some that he's a little bit banged up seemingly this early in the year because you know what an elbow is to a defensive lineman on those lockouts. You've got to be able to lock out when taking on the double team, when taking on run blocking. You've got to make sure that you're able to get that two-handed jam and be able to hold your ground because otherwise it's going to be even worse than what it was before. And so when he – I know what it's like to have a hyperextended elbow. I don't know that his elbow was hyperextended, only the fact that he was having some issues with it. But I've had a hyperextended elbow, and it creates a real problem because for me as an offensive line, when I punched, it was a little bit problematic because you couldn't get full extension because that, that hyperextension created that sort of lack of full range of motion ability to extend on it. You know what I mean? No, I definitely know what you mean. I mean, Did here's you have the thing. one of those? Here's, no, so I've never hyperextended my elbow. Okay. I, I've definitely messed up like my shoulders before. Yeah. Um, and I had to wear like a gator cuff because I tore oh, yeah. something in my yeah, labrum. Um, still haven't gotten surgery on that, but that's okay. Yeah, I don't okay. want to be able to fully. But here, here's the best <laughs> analogy, Wolf. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're reaching I, now, baby. It was a beautiful segue. It was a beautiful segue, <laughs> by the way. Um, if you worked in a warehouse, right, moving stuff around, right, um, you know, from pallet and rack to other pallet and rack, would you pick a forklift with two forks or one fork? Two. Exactly. That's the same thing here. You want the double forklifts. And so that's what you're dealing with with an elbow as a defensive lineman. It's like working with one forklift. You imagine how much tougher your job would be trying to pick something up from a high rack and bring it down to a low rack and switch it over. It would be near impossible. And that's what you have with, you know, so that's where the concern has to lie with, with Cam and figuring out, can, you know, how is that elbow? How can you get enough treatment for it? But that just shows that he's doing a lot of work um, with, with, with in the D-line and he shouldn't be having to work as hard other guys should be able to contribute in there and help out because it's, it's a tough, lonely road. And as I told you before, when I was 12 or 13, I worked in my uncle's lumber yard and I drove the forklift and uh, had a little problem with taking uh, a a pallet of cement down. Um, Cause I remember hearing the, (laughs) when you, when you pierce the concrete bag, and all of a sudden you that's hear, not, "Oh, that's a bad feeling." That was a no. bad moment. Yeah, you don't you don't want to miss on on the forklift with with cement like that. You got you cement know what else bags you don't want? on a pallet. What's that? Yeah, 
You know what else you don't want to miss, that? Wolf? You don't want to miss any of our show today. <laughs> you know why? Because you could download full episodes of all of our SNR podcasts, shows like The Drive, our show in the locker room, Steelers Blitz, with, of course, Wes, who does Steelers Weekend Review, and Moats, who actually showed up to work yesterday, but it was for, more so for him to get regaled versus actually working um, as he participated in Steelers Alumni Weekend. Poor guy's uh, catching all, strays. I know. You know, right, li, li, listen, listen it, it's, it's tough in those streets, Moots. I love you. I love you, Moats, But you also know that you also prefer seeking comfort. Um, Steelers Standard, Tom and Jacob, as well as many more. They're all available in the Steelers mobile app, iHeartMedia app, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Plus podcast, wherever else. You can get them. You can podcastify to your heart's content, but you could do it with SNR. So for today's episode, it was the good, the bad, and the ugly. We went through the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll continue to look at things. Obviously, the Mike Tomlin press conference coming up tomorrow. So until then, have a tremendous day. Enjoy listening to the smooth sounds of the Godfather, Stan Saverin, coming up next. You've been listening to In the Locker Room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas here on ESPN Radio and SNR. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.